The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. You're in the marketplace of liberty. The Conservative Cartel with Matt Locke and Rocky Stucci on the Blaze Radio Network. Well, I've got good news today. The world has an end. The world hasn't come to an end. Liberals think it has. We got a new book out of the White House from Michael Wool, Fire and Fury, we're going to talk about because it seems all the rage these days. Even though we now understand that no one knows if they got interviewed or not. I mean, I find that hard to believe, that you don't know if you've got interviewed or not. We got jobs. Food stamps are down. Apple's repatriating money. We've got uh, Peter Schweitzer back in the news today talking about Hillary Clinton as we open up a new investigation. We've got Matt Best, chief branding officer from Black Rifle Coffee, by the way, an hour or two. So you're going to want to stick around for that. We've got irregularities in the FBI, uh, classified documents and emails on Anthony Weiner's laptop. We've got drilling. Drill, baby, drill. we got some oil along with California, Pakistan, and North Korea. And, and all of this, I've got a couple questions I want to start today's program with. Should Trump, should President Donald Trump stop tweeting? And is President Donald Trump unfit to be president of the United States? I mean, these seem to be the two questions that we are currently facing in the country today, according to these little crybaby leftists. Welcome to the conservative cartel. My name is Matt Locke. I am your voice of liberty. I'm flying solo this morning, and I am live from the Nine Line Apparel Studios here in the beautiful city of Fort Worth, Texas. If you want to be part of the program today, I want to hear from you. You know, should President Trump stop tweeting, and is he unfit for office? Give us a call on the Black Rifle Coffee hotline. That's 888-900-3393. Once again, 888 93393. So jobs. I mean, our economy, things are roaring. The stock market, the Dow Industrial Jones went over 25,000 points Thursday. Now, this thing has been on a meteoric climb this entire year, and it gained a thousand points in one week. I mean, we're talking about numbers we haven't seen in 30, 40 years. I mean, we're talking Ronald Reagan-type recovery numbers in this economy. We're talking about record unemployment lows. We're talking about record lows on, on food stamps, 2 million people you know, off of food stamps. We're talking about money that's coming back to the coffers of the federal government. And now we've got a book out. It's funny how this happens. You start talking, you start seeing great things. I said this on the conservative cartel probably about, I don't know, eight, nine, ten months ago. I said, you know, it'd be nice if we could come onto this program and talk about some great things. You know, we don't want to sit here and talk about how the left is screwing America. We don't want to sit here and talk about how the left wants a new world order or a one world government or socialism or communism or they worship the places like Venezuela, Cuba, you you know, those 
types of deals. We want to talk about some great things, and here we are. I mean, we are winning. The, the, the conservative message is stronger than it's been in a long time. And as I'm looking at articles and whatnot, going through some show prep the last couple days for the show, picking what I want to talk about today, you know, I come across these articles from USA Today. USA Today, mind you, which is not a conservative outlet at all, right? Not a conservative outlet at all. ADP, who does the, they do the payroll processing ADP. They said that, you know, look, Businesses adding 250,000 jobs in December. 250,000 new jobs. You know, we've got U.S. employers. Here's the, I don't know if this is the official, and I'm using air quotes for those of you watching on the Conservative Cartel Facebook page. And if you are watching, by the way, on the Conservative Cartel Facebook page, give it a like, give it a share. I'm going to tell you, it's a new year. New Year, it's the first conservative cartel show of 2018. I've got, we've got goals, okay? We've got goals for this year. I want over. Here's my, here's my ask of you. Here's the competition every week. And I'll come back next Saturday and I'll tell you where we're at. But every week that we're doing this show on the Blaze Radio Network, I want over 200 likes and follows every week. Get to work. Tell your friends, tell your family, go over to the Conservative Cartel Facebook page, follow me on Instagram, the Cartel Matt, follow me on Twitter, at the Cartel Matt, or at the Cartel 2016, find us on Facebook, we're making lots of changes for the new year, and I want you to be part of it, because look, we, we have to be diligent in getting the conservative word out, and what we are, eight Nine months, nine and a half months, ten months from an election. From a very important election coming up November. And we have to do, we as citizens, we the people, have to do a much better job of electing our officials, of electing our politicians, of doing the due diligence in the background so that we get conservative-minded people in the positions of power in Washington. Donald Trump needs help. We are winning. I mean, we are winning. We, we are absolutely winning. In, in, in 2017, last year, employers added nearly 2.1 million new jobs, enough to lower the unemployment rate from 4.7% to 4.1%. The unemployment rate for African Americans dropped to a record low of 6.8%. If you'll remember, the African American unemployment rate under Barack Obama just about two or a couple, two, three years ago, 13, 14, 2013, 2014 was 15, 16%. I mean, look at what Donald Trump has done for the economy, what he's done for the African-American family, the worker. We're at 6.8% unemployment for the African-American community. 
they ought to be cheering in the streets about how good this is. I mean, all of this news, and what are we hearing? Michael Wolf, well, Donald Trump is unfit to be president of the United States. I interviewed him. He just didn't know I was there. Huh? Yeah, I was I, on the show yesterday. I was talking about this. How do you interview someone and they don't know that you're being interviewed? I mean, I'm going to interview Matt Best in hour two of this program. You're going to want to hang tight. 10.15 Eastern Standard Time. Next hour, we're going to have Matt Best, who is the chief branding officer for Black Rifle Coffee, one of our main sponsors. I'm going to interview him. I'm going to talk about who he is, what he does, why he does it, why he's, why everything, right? You know you're getting interviewed. And, and as we look at this fire and fury, this Michael Wolf, we're finding out that a bunch of this stuff is once again ludicrous. It's not, it's not based in any facts. And so we're going to get, look, there's always two sides to a story, right? There's your side, their side, and the truth. So maybe three sides. But this whole argument of, well, I was there, but maybe he didn't know I was getting interviewed. We're just going back right to the same conclusion again. Everybody wants you to think that Donald Trump is dumb. Well, not everybody. The left. The liberal Democratic Party in this country wants you to think that Donald Trump is unfit and can't do his job. So that's why I ask, is Donald Trump, is President Donald Trump unfit? And should he stop using Twitter to get his message out there? You can give me a call on the Black Rifle Coffee hotline, 888-900-3393. I want to hear what you have to say out there. I want to hear from you, America. I want to hear what your thoughts are on year 2017. On, on the stock market, I mean, I was talking about this on my show yesterday. My father-in-law tweeted me, or tweeted me, texted me yesterday during the show. And he said, my investments are up almost 20% last year. 20%. I hear stories all the time. I mean, people tell me, Matt, my 401k is, is exploding. It's going through the roof. I've never made so much money. You know, we've got jobs. We've got record unemployment. We've got 2.1 million jobs created. We've got the lowest unemployment rate for African-Americans in decades. And yet what we're worried about is this goofy little book by Michael Wolf, who's a political hack. Dang, that's a first segment already. The music's playing. Hey, don't go anywhere. Just getting started this morning. Got lots to talk about. Not tired of winning? The cartel rolls on this Saturday morning. You're in the marketplace of liberty. The conservative cartel on the Blaze Radio Network. Well, big shout out to the Nine Line Apparel sales manager, Zach Scalf's in the house. He's in the Conservative Cartel Facebook chat room. Good morning, Zach. Glad to see you there. Hey, share, share, share. Welcome back to the Conservative Cartel this Saturday morning. My name is Matt Locke. I am your voice of liberty this Saturday morning as I am live from the Nine Line Apparel studios on the Blaze Radio Network. I so appreciate the fact that you found me on your internet device or your radio dial, because I want to say hey to those of you listening on WDDQ, 
Talk 92.1 out of Valdosta, Georgia, WJHC. Talk 107.5 out of Jasper, Florida, or WLBB. Talk 1330 out of Carrollton, Georgia. We're also live right now on the Talk America Radio Network, talkamericaradio.us. You can find us there. And if you would love to do this, Spreaker.com, iHeartMedia, and iTunes. Get the conservative cartel on the go. It's 2018, big things coming. But look, I'm talking about winning, and I've got some questions out there. The Black Rifle Coffee Hotline is open, 888-900-900. Now, should Donald Trump stop tweeting? I mean, he has been burning up Twitter lately. Might get into some of those later in the program. And is Donald Trump unfit to be president of the United States? Those are the allegations that the liberal left Democratic Party in this country wants you to believe. With this fire and fury book from Michael Wolf. Now, here are the facts, by the way. I want you to listen to this. Solid economic growth in both the United States and major countries overseas, is supporting more hiring. That's not a bad thing, right? Factory managers received the most new orders in December than any month since 2004. Retailers have reported strong holiday sales. Builders are ramping up home construction to meet growing demand. Sales of existing homes reached their fastest pace in nearly 11 years in November. Consumer confidence is at a nearly 17-year high. And the Dow Jones Industrial Average reached 25000 for the first time on Thursday of this week. That is a lot of winning. That is a lot of winning. I mean, that's so much winning, I might get tired of winning. Nah, we're never going to get tired of winning. But we're at a point where all of the story is... Donald Trump's unfit. Donald Trump's a terrible president. He drinks so many Diet Cokes. Oh, my God, he's going to ruin the country. And he's got a bigger nuclear button than Kim Jong-un. I mean, that literally was the headlines this week. Not what I'm telling you here. Now, here's what I really want to dive into this segment. Most economists expect the Trump administration's tax cuts Remember that deal right before the end of the year, the tax cuts that's going to put more money back in your pocket? Well, most economists believe that the tax cuts are going to help speed the economy's already decent pace of growth. I want to take you back. Do you remember when Donald Trump said, look, we're going to have an economy that grows at 4 or 5% GDP, gross domestic product? And, and all of the economists and the left poo-pooed it. They're like, oh, yeah, Donald, yeah, yeah, he's crazy. We're growing at 3.5% GDP right now. We're growing at 3.5% GDP this very moment. When the tax cuts kick in, the jobs market is already on fire. The economy is roaring. We're going to be at 5% GDP by the second quarter. But all of the people, all of the the, the economists, the Democrats, the socialists, the people who don't want a capitalistic free market told you and I we were stupid. They told us this was impossible. They told us that this couldn't happen. They told you and I that there was no way Donald Trump's too stupid. He can't navigate this. He can't make this happen. And now that it's happening, it's Barack Obama's fault. Like how that works? 
I mean, Barack Obama, former President Barack Obama, spent the first six years of his presidency blaming George W. Bush for every problem he had. Six years. So now in just one year of him being out of office, of course, all of this, according to the Democratic Party and the left, is the fault of Barack Obama's policies. You know, the argument is, well, the stock market's been growing since Obama took the presidency. It has. I mean, they're not wrong. It has. It had to grow. 2008 was a disaster. 2008, we had an economic downfall. We had a recession, almost a depression. I mean, the housing market tanked. Our economy went in the crapper. I mean, the only place it could go is up. And it didn't go up because of Barack Obama. It went up because of you. You, the hardworking, tax-paying citizen. It went up because of you. Not because of him. Barack Obama put so many regulations in the way of an economy in our government, in our country, that it literally stifled growth. We grew anemically. We grew at about a one to one and a half percent growth. We should have been growing like this. I mean, Donald Trump has come in and he has taken the regulations out of the way of business. He has slashed the corporate tax rate, and in return, the market has responded by growing 1,000 points in a week, by hitting all-time highs what seems like every day. Your money, your investments, your savings, the interest rates, they're all growing. I mean, I can remember, I'm not a young man by any means of the imagination. I'm a little gray in the goatee these days. If you're watching me on the Conservative Cartel Facebook page, the live stream. But I can remember as a young man, I had my first job at 12. I know. I mean, you worked. You worked when I was a kid. And I wanted to save money because I looked at my dad. And I said, yep, I want a car when I'm 16. You know what he said? Go get a job. Huh? The heck's a job? What is that? So I got me a job. And for four years, I saved money for my first car. I mean, I saved money. I saved it. And my parents took me to Norwest Bank in Angola, Indiana. It's where I'm from. And I opened what was called a key savings account. And I thought, you know, I thought I was rich. I, you know, every summer I was putting three, $400 in that savings account. I thought I was rich. But I was getting 6% return on that key bank account. Now, Norwest got bought by Wells Fargo, and here we are today. But we need to have it come back. We need the economy to come back where you can save your money. You know, think about the elderly. Think about, you know, people who are on a fixed income. Think about that where you you can you can put your money in the bank and get some money in return. You can grow your investments at 20%. You can, you, you can look down the future. Yeah, will interest rates rise? Of course they will. Oh, my gosh. Larry Olson says he worked at Shipshawana, Indiana. I know where Shipshawana is at, home of the flea market or the whatever it is, the big deal. But I used to live up around Shipshawana, Indiana. That's where we got our two boxers out of Shipshawana, Indiana. But 
Look, what I'm saying is we need to go back to a, we need to get back to a time where America is great again, where things are being produced, where things are being made, where factories are bringing jobs back here. And that's what I want to get to here. It, it's unbelievable. I found an article. Um, oh, I don't know when this was. Let me pull it up here. It's from, uh, looks like from Fox News. It was on uh, January 4th. So that would have been Thursday by uh, Tom Cicada. Here's the headline. Apple likely to repatriate $200 billion in foreign cash. And for those of you in Corona, Indiana, repatriate means they're going to bring the money back here to America. They're going to bring it back from overseas. They're going to bring it back from wherever they've got it held offshore. If it's in the Caymans or they got some shell companies or they're banking in England or the Netherlands or Sweden or whatever, they're going to repatriate those dollars and they're going to bring it back here. Now, I want you to think about this for a second. $200 billion in repatriated funds. We're not talking about a little chunk of money here. According to reports, Apple is set to repatriate approximately $200 billion in foreign cash as a result of the GOP tax reform bill. <gasps> what? The tax reform bill? Tim Cook's a big lefty, by the way. Big lefty that runs Apple. A GHB research note singles, signals that Apple is set to bring back approximately 200 of its 252 billion foreign cash portfolio as a result of tax breaks the company will now receive. With Apple and Cook set to repatriate roughly 200 billion of cash, based on our estimates, we believe accelerated buybacks, another dividend hike, and potentially larger M&As will be the trifecta of benefits shareholders could expect in 2018. You know what that means? All of that means is if you've got stock in Apple, you're going to make more money. You're going to make more money. Your stock's going to go up. Your dividends are going to go up. If you bought into the company and you're a shareholder, this is good for you. This is good for America. And guess who it's not good for? The Democratic Party. The Democratic Party needs you on the government dole. The Democratic Party need you as a victim, as a victim status. They need you to vote against Republicans because your life sucks. That's what they need. The left needs misery. They need you miserable. They need you under their thumb. They need you not working. They need you not creating. They need the government to be so in your face and so overregulated that it completely destroys the economy. And that's what Barack Obama tried to do. That's why the left's unhappy. Apple will likely pay a 15% tax on any of the funds that they return from overseas. With over $250 billion stashed overseas, Apple stands to pay roughly $40 billion under the deemed repatriation provision of the new law. Apple used to take loans out because it was cheaper to pay interest on a loan to pay taxes on the money they earned overseas. Now that money's coming back home to roost. Look, don't go anywhere. I'm just getting started this Saturday. Food stamp recipients are down. The economy's up. Oh, my God. Winning is fantastic. And honoring our heroes coming up next. You're going to want to pay attention. We're going to get to that. Don't go anywhere. The cartel rolls on this Saturday morning.
in the marketplace of liberty, the conservative cartel on the Blaze Radio Network. Well, it is that time again. Saturday mornings, Wednesday afternoons, the conservative cartel honoring our heroes who have fallen in the line of duty for this great country. And today's hero is Trooper Michael J. Anson. Now, Mr. Anson was with the New York State Police. You can see his picture there up on the screen as I'm currently talking. His end of watch was Tuesday, January 2nd. So God bless him and his family. Hopefully, he his family finds peace with this. He died from cancer that developed from his assignment for his search and rescue of 9-11 when the towers fell. And, and as you all know, we've seen many, many men and women of the armed services, the firefighters, the EMTs, the first responders who have fallen victim to some sort of awful disease from the towers following, falling. And, and most of the time it is cancer. So he, he finally succumbed to his 9-11 related illnesses. He was, his tour was 31 years. I don't have his badge number. He is survived by his wife, three children, and his brothers. And I just want to say here from the conservative cartel, Michael J. Anson, I hope your family finds peace. Godspeed. Good friend. Thank you for your service from the conservative cartel. We honor you as we do every Wednesday and Saturday. Thank you. And look, if you guys would do me a huge favor out there, share this. Share it for everybody, for everybody to see it. These these men and women are heroes. They're heroes in our book, and we take the time every Wednesday and Saturday morning to honor these heroes. And it's, it's tragic because, you know, these law enforcement agents, these first responders, these firefighters, these veterans, our military, they all get up in the morning and don't know if they're coming home at night. And I'm so tired of watching the left vilify these fine individuals. We here at the cartel, we stand shoulder to shoulder with them. We honor them, and that's why we do our honoring our heroes. So look, getting back to the program, my name's Matt Locke. I am your voice of liberty. I am live from the Nine Line Apparel Studios here on the Blaze Radio Network. If you want to be part of the program, the Black Rifle Coffee Hotline is open. 888-900-3393 if you would like to speak with me this, this morning. I want to welcome those of you who uh, are tuning in and have found us on the Political Cowboy Facebook page. I want to give a big shout out to the Political Cowboy, Chad Prather. And thanks for him allowing us to use his Facebook page. Because during the week now, we are broadcasting live from 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Right Wing News' Facebook page live and the Political Cowboy Facebook page, along with the Conservative Cartel Facebook page. And I'm going to tell you, as I do all of this, I just got a text. Sorry, I completely lost my train of thought because Ron's telling me he put 800 instead of 888. So the phone number, if you're having a problem calling in, which we saw some comments on the Facebook Live, it's 888 not 800, 888 So my questions that I started the program with, I want to hear from you. Should President Trump stop tweeting? Are you tired? I mean, I guess the storyline this week is that Republicans, I was listening to Mike Gallagher, um, 
God, I don't remember what morning it was. I was listening to uh, 660 The Answer here in uh, Dallas, Texas. And uh, I was listening to Mike Gallagher. I was driving around in my car. I don't know why. But he was talking about Joe Walsh, who is a fantastic conservative, by the way, out of Chicago, uh, in, in my neck of the woods. I'm from Fort Wayne, Indiana. And, and Joe Walsh was saying that he is getting calls from conservatives, supposedly. I'm using air quotes for those of you listening on the radio, not watching the live video. He is getting calls from conservatives that they are tired of the drama that is going on in the White House with President Donald Trump. They're tired of the media storm. They're tired of Trump tweeting. They're tired, I guess, of winning. I guess. Because I'm not. But that's my question to you. Should President Trump, are you... Do you think you're, are you tired of the drama? Do you think there is drama? Do you think he's unfit to be president? Do you think he should stop tweeting? Those are my questions this morning. Black Rifle Coffee Hotline, 888-900-3393. But I'm not. I'm not at all. And I don't hear any of that from any of our followers. And and we have some great followers. And I'm seeing right here as I'm watching, I'm reading the post on the uh, Conservative Cartel Facebook page, by the way. And it says, tweeting is anyone's right, including Donald Trump. Um, yeah, I mean, is, is, is Twitter a right? I mean, it's free. It's owned by a liberal. We know this. I mean, I talk about it all the time. Facebook is a business. People spend money to advertise on Facebook. They spend money to advertise on Twitter. That's how they stay in business. I've ran promotions on, on Facebook. Because you can reach a mass number of people because there's like 2 billion people on it. You know, you can find us on Facebook, by the way, the cartel, the conservative cartel Facebook page. Please get over there and like and share. I've got a competition going on this year. We're starting the new year off right. I want 200 likes and shares every The Blaze Radio Network show. I want you to get on it. I want you to tell your family. I want you to tell your friends. I want you to tell everybody you know about the conservative cartel because there's big things coming in the year 2018. But is it a right to tweet on Twitter? Is it a right to post on Facebook? Because, look, Facebook was originally, I mean, they made a movie about this, you know, with Zuckerberg and the two twins and how he screwed them. But, uh, <laughs> Originally, Facebook was a way to bring people together after they'd they'd went apart. You know, people go to high school, they go to college, they develop friendships, and then they move away. We all go get, you know, we all go to the real world. We all have to go get jobs. We all have to, we all, you know, we we go get married. We we have family, kids, responsibilities, mortgage, car payments. We got to go do that, and, and and we kind of separate. You know, we, 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 we fall apart. You know, we're not, it's not high school anymore. You're not going to the same place every day, seeing your friends every day. It's not like college where you go to your class every day. You hang out at the student union. You know, you're seeing the same people. You're on the baseball team, the volleyball team, the softball team, the football team, the wrestling squad, whatever you're on. You know, you're doing that daily. And then after you're done, you go your separate ways. And Facebook was created to bring that community back together. And I, I'll tell you. I, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter at the Cartel Matt. I'm on Instagram at the Cartel Matt. I mean, I'm on all the social media because that's how you get your word out for one. But a lot of my friends are there. 
from high school, from college, acquaintances, people I knew, family, that kind of stuff. And and when you've got distances, it helps you stay connected. So is it really a right? I know it's a long conversation just to get that question out, but is it re- is it really a right? Now, look, I want to get into something here because we've got about uh, about one more segment left of this first hour, and we're going to have uh, Chief Branding Officer Matt Bess from Black Rifle Coffee on in hour two. So you're going to want to tell everybody that he's coming up. It's going to be a fantastic interview and a, and a great discussion. So let everybody know. But uh, food stamp recipients. I came across an article from Fox News. It was published yesterday. Food stamp recipients down $2 million under Trump. Now, since Donald Trump has became president, obviously the Dow Jones Industrial Average has climbed over 25000 and fewer Americans are unemployed. And another interesting fact, the number of people collecting food stamps has declined by more than 2 million people. That is a huge number. Two million people have fallen out of the ranks of needing welfare assistance to eat. You know what they just became? Republicans <laughs> or conservatives. That's why the that's why the left doesn't like it. When 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 people start weaning themselves off of government assistance, when they don't need the government anymore, guess who they don't need? Democrats. That scares the living bejesus out of the Democratic Party. Because there's two million voters that have said, look at me. I'm proud. I pulled myself up by the bootstraps. I went and got a good paying job and now I can support my family. It was funny because CBS ran that whole tax reform deal and they interviewed three families and and CBS is like, oh, you know, they're all going to be ticked off. They're all going to tell you that they're not getting any more money, that this tax plan is going to screw them because that was the liberal narrative. And in the end, all three families had more money to put in their pocket. Somebody is calling me right in the middle of the show. That's crazy. Look, don't go anywhere. (laughs) it's a conservative cartel on the Blaze Radio Network. My name's Matlock. I am your voice of liberty. We're going to talk about more food stamps and we're going to talk tolls. So you're going to want to stick around. The cartel rolls on this Saturday morning. The conservative cartel will return on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to The Conservative Cartel with Matt Locke and Rocky Stucci, only on the Blaze Radio Network. We are flying by. I mean, time is flying by this morning. My goodness, we're in the final segment of the first hour. Welcome back to The Conservative Cartel. My name's Matt Locke. I am your voice of liberty. You have found The Conservative Cartel live on the Blaze Radio Network from the Nine Line Apparel Studios here in the beautiful city of Fort Worth, Texas. So I appreciate the fact that you found us on your internet device or your radio dial. I want to give a shout out to uh, WDDQ 92.1 out of Valdosta, Georgia, WJHC Talk 1075 out of Jasper, Florida, and WLBB Talk 1330 out of Carrollton, Georgia. Welcome aboard this morning as we are live over there in the terrestrial radio stations. Of course, you can find us on talkamericaradio.us, Spreaker.com, iTunes, and of course, iHeartRadio to take us on the go. 
Now, if you want to be part of the program, the phone lines, the Black Rifle Coffee phone line is up and running, and it's 888-900-3393 because we've been asking the question all morning. I'm going to continue to ask this. I'm getting a great amount of responses back on the Conservative Cartel Facebook page. Get over there and like that, by the way, and the challenge is out there. 200 likes and follows. Let's go. Get on there. Like the Conservative Cartel. This is not a request. Get it done. Get it done. Get over there. You're not going to find conservative talk radio like this anywhere else. Got it? Got it. So, look, we're talking about food stamps being down 2 million. 2 million people less on food stamps. And I, I want to I throw some numbers at you because I talked about this on my show yesterday. It, I, I'm dumbfounded at the sheer cost of what we spend on welfare programs. I mean, I was blown away by the number because I want you to think about something for a second. There were 44,219,363 people on what is called SNAP, the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, which is welfare food for Americans, right? 44,219,363. Well, today that number has dropped by 2,036,920 to 42 million. 182,443 people as of fiscal year 2017. That's still a lot of people. I mean, we have 320 million Americans in this country, and 42 million of them are on food stamps. That's sad. We need to be given hands up, not hands out, right? But the USDA, which is beyond why the USDA is even behind food stamps or whatnot, but figure since that uh, in 19... Listen to this. In 1969, 1969, almost 50 years ago, 49 years ago, taxpayers paid about $250 million a year for 2.8 million recipients in 1969. 2.8 million. Now that number is 42 million. That's that that right there should tell you what's going on because the fight on the you know the war on poverty that LBJ. What was going to do, uh, we're losing. We're losing bigly, big time, huge. We're, we're losing huge on the fight on poverty. Because now we've got 42 million instead of 2.8. And instead of spending $250 million a year, we're spending $80 billion a year on food stamps. $80 billion. That is a big number. It's a huge number. $80 billion. But let that sink in for a second. Because in 2013, there were 48 million recipients on the SNAP program under Barack Obama. Highest it had ever been. 48 million people. That's about one in every five people in this country. At 320 million. I mean, I want you to think about that. About about one in six. Sorry, my math isn't great. About one in six. That'd be 300 million. So I want you to think about that for just a second. That's a ton. Now, here's the deal. The numbers have declined since then, in part because of the booming economy and because some states have restored work 
requirements. Remember when Barack Obama got rid of work requirements for welfare, for unemployment? Remember when he did that? Why do you think he did that? That's a great question, by the way, Penn Burgess. How many of these numbers that I'm talking about today are illegal aliens that are on this food stamps? Because I had a great comment yesterday on the show, and they said, look, this is just 2 million illegal aliens too scared to sign up for it anymore. There, there's another question. You know, I don't feel bad about that. If you're, I mean, this is the thing that the left wants you to feel, air quotes. They want you to feel bad. That people came from Mexico, Canada, wherever they illegally came from. They came here illegally. They broke the law. They've lived here. And now I should feel bad because they can't get my hard-earned taxpayer dollar from a government welfare program? I'm supposed to feel bad? I work hard for my money. I work hard for my money and to feed my family and to take care of my kids and my wife and to provide food on the table and, and to do what I need to do to be a productive citizen of this great country. What did they do? They came here illegally and broke the law. First thing they did. First thing they did. Now, I got one more article here, and I got about three minutes. I want to get to this because I think it's fake news. Fake news. Big fake news. But President Trump's poll numbers boom with the economy, you think? You, you, you think his numbers are going to boom with the economy? I mean, the left thinks we're stupid. I, I mean, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed. I, I consider myself to have common sense, to understand that, you know, look, I'm not smarter than a rocket scientist. I didn't go to school to break up particles and molecules and to figure out how the all the stuff worked in the universe. I mean, I didn't do that. I'm a, I'm a communications major. But the left wants you to believe. The Democratic Party wants you to believe that Donald Trump isn't popular. That his supporters are tired of the drama that they don't want to follow him anymore, that they don't like winning, that they're upset that they're going to get more money in their pockets. I mean, think about what the left did. They told you that tax cuts were going to be bad for you. They framed it in a manner that told you that only the rich were going to get tax cuts and then told you you weren't going to see any money in your pocket. And I talked about CBS. CBS uh, morning show did a little segment with three families. They did a single black mother. They did a couple living in Rhode Island who were professors, college professors. And then they did a family in California that owned a business. Now, first of all, if you look at that, you've got all the, all the stereotypes. You've got the black, you've got the African-American mother, single mother. You, you, you've got the liberal professors in Rhode Island and you got the California weed heads, right? Or whoever the heck they are. I think it's now, Whatever they're doing, they're, it's not legal in California to smoke marijuana. That's another whole story in itself. But CBS did that story because they wanted you to believe that you were going to be screwed on your taxes, on this tax reform. You weren't going to see a dime. You were, it was going to screw you and all of these greedy, evil one percenters, these greedy, rich people were all going to benefit from this tax reform, which they are, by the way. The top 1% are going to benefit. They're the ones that create jobs. But CBS didn't think that this was going to help all these people out because the young black American or uh, African-American mother 
she was going to see $1,300 more a year. It's $100 more a month in her pocket. Maybe she can take her children out for dinner or to go see a movie. Or $100 is a lot of money when you live at the $30,000, a year level. The two professors in Rhode Island were going to see back, I think, seven, 800 bucks. It's not a lot, but look, they didn't lose money. They're going to get some more money in their pocket. And the couple in California were going to save $13,000 a year. Now, $13,000 a year is a lot of money. It's over $1,000 a month. But yet, the CBS Morning Program wanted you to think that you were going to be screwed, that it wasn't going to work. And then when they did it, it's like, did CBS not know this was going to be the case? I mean, are, are these people, they're the ones that say they're smarter than you and I. They're the ones that say we should listen to those smarter than now. It's no wonder that Donald Trump's numbers are booming. And I think these polls aren't even close to correct. They're not. I, I just think they're there. And look, Donald Trump, they say, is at 44%. I bet he's at 54 55, 56, somewhere in the high 50s or low 60s. I mean, people love him. He's doing great things. Don't go anywhere. Hour two. We're going to talk about the Clintons. Stick around. You're in the marketplace of liberty. The conservative cartel with Matt Locke and Rocky Stucci on the Blaze Radio Network. You're in the marketplace of liberty. The Conservative Cartel with Matt Locke and Rocky Stucci on the Blaze Radio Network. So we finally might have a serious investigation of the Clinton Foundation in the email server that you and I both know was a pay-for-play setup for the Clinton Charity and the Clinton Global Initiative to launder money. I mean, it is as simple as that. Welcome back to the Conservative Cartel. This Saturday, my name's Matt. Matt Locke, by the way. I am your voice of liberty this, this Saturday, live from the Blaze Radio Network, from the Nine Line Apparel Studios, by the way. If you want to be part of the program, you can give the Black Rifle Coffee hotline a call. It's triple eight. 900 We're still rolling with the same questions I had in hour one. You know, should Trump stop tweeting? And I'm seeing a ton of no's, and that's how he gets his news out. And is he unfit? Because this whole fire and fury and everything that's TMZ continues to clog up the media narrative that you and I are receiving from CNN, Fox, all that stuff. Not the fact that, I mean, I've got an article here written by John Hayward, this is from Breitbart News, Peter Schweitzer, Peter Schweitzer wrote Clinton Cash. If you've never read that book, you should. I mean, the book is fantastic, by the way. But he says, serious investigation of Clinton Foundation and email server is long overdue. Now, Mr. Schweitzer talked to Breitbart News Daily on Friday about the renewed investigations into Hillary Clinton's mishandling of classified documents and pay-for-play corruption allegations against the Clinton Foundation. I'm going to start laying the foundation here in these first couple segments. 
because it, it this this article is fantastic and it's right on the money. And here we are. Schweitzer said it is important to investigate these allegations thoroughly to uphold the rule of law because we are a country of law. We don't have two separate justice systems for people who have a lot of money and who are high-ranking politicians and for those of you who are like me, me and you, you know, pay our taxes and go to work. They're, they're, they're not, there isn't anything to the sort. Everybody, we, we've got the same laws, the same consequences for the actions that you take. Now, quote, Mr. Schweitzer says, the entire issue of investigating the Clintons has been politicized by the Clintons. Their defense has been, look at who we are rather than what we have done. Look at the fact that I'm a Democrat and people have been targeting me for years and this has been part of a political campaign. It's a right-wing conspiracy, according to Hillary Clinton. That's all you hear, right? This is the exact defense that the Clintons use. Well, it's the bean right-wing party. It's a right-wing conspiracy. They've been trying to take my husband and I down for years. Well, you're crooks. You're criminals. There's a reason people have been trying to take you down for years, because you've been breaking the law. Pretty simple, right? But, you know, if we look back, Benghazi. You know, we're hearing about running guns. We're hearing about how we we might have had some stuff go on, and there was a reason, because it's still, to this day, this question still sits in my mind about Benghazi. Excuse me. You cannot tell me that we can't have some kind of fighting force Anywhere in the world within three hours. I mean, I would love, if there's anybody out there who has military experience, who, who, who's been in the military and higher command, wants to come on the program, I would love to have the conversation of, please tell me that it, it, it's not impossible to have some sort of a unit some sort of an action plan that has boots on the ground within three hours. Anywhere in the world. I mean, those guys held that compound for 13 hours. They made a damn movie about it. I mean, we're going out, by the way, we're going, the cartel is going to be live the week of January 22nd from SHOT Show out in Las Vegas, Nevada. And we might... This is, a, this is a, a rumor, I'm hoping, but we might be able to get an interview with one of those Benghazi survivors. Just saying. You might want to tune in that week. But you can't tell me that we can't have some kind of fighting force on the ground within three hours. But yet here we are. We, we, we've got Benghazi, and the left's like, oh, well... Hillary Clinton sat through 13 hours of uh, excruciating questions. She's so strong. But that's the defense. The Clintons are always like, we know the bimbo eruptions. You know, Bill's out doinking all these bimbos, 
and Hillary's trying to put out the fire. I mean, Rush Limbaugh made that a hallmark in his show in the 90s when Bill Clinton was president. I mean, Bill Clinton's a pig. But look at Hillary. Would you want to sleep with her either? I wouldn't either. But look, I want to, I want to get back on track here. Peter says, I think that everyone wants, as it relates to the Clintons or anybody else, it's just let's simply look at what a person did and look at the circumstances and determine whether it violated the law. The politicized nature of this is a result of the Clinton campaign and the Clinton team to muddy the waters. They've made it political. And he says, I think that's what people are most frustrated about. And of course we are. And of course, the left wants to tell you that this has been investigated. Nothing to see here. It's been investigated. You know, they've looked into it, but we know. And and as I go farther into this, this hour, we know what Jim Comey's role was and what he played. We know. That Jim Comey, former FBI director, was leaking classified memos to a professor at Columbia. We know that. We know that there was an exoneration letter before they even interviewed Hillary Clinton. We know also they did not put Hillary Clinton under oath because if they did, there would be a transcript or a recording of it. And we also know that the Clintons were subpoenaed for the 33,000 emails that are now missing. I'm going to ask you a question here. If you or I get subpoenaed by a court to bring in documents in a case that we are being tried for, and we go into court and say, well, by the way... (laughs) I went through my documents, and and I'm going to tell you, uh, you don't need to see these. I've determined that the documents you've asked for, you just don't need. I've determined it. This is what Hillary Clinton has done. Hillary Clinton said she went through her emails and determined what emails needed to be seen and what did not. But yet they were subpoenaed. For those of you in Corona, Indiana, that means that you have to bring them as evidence to the court because somebody wants to see them, you don't get to determine what and what you don't get to bring. You and I did that. We're in jail. We're literally in jail. You cannot destroy documents. You cannot take a ball peen hammer to a Blackberry phone and member bleach bit. Oh, well, did you wipe down your, 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 your hard drive? What do you mean with a cloth? Remember that ordeal? I mean, we are dealing with people who know how to rig the system. We are dealing with the Clintons who are highly connected, who have people everywhere throughout the government. They've got their tentacles everywhere. I mean, come on. The Clinton Foundation was not a charity. It was a money laundering organization. For every dollar that came in, six cents were going to charity. Six. That's not a charity. Unless you consider the money from Haiti that went to Chelsea Clinton's wedding. I'm sure the people of Haiti loved that. 
<laughs> I mean, we are dealing with criminals, but I'm telling you, we're going to get deeper into this because there are there's so much more. There's so much more irregularities, complicit in a cover-up for the FBI, and Anthony Weiner has classified emails on his laptop. Can't make this stuff up. Stick around. The cartel is going to roll on this Saturday morning. You're listening to The Conservative Cartel with Matt Locke and Rocky Stucci. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Well, we're going to get right back after it here this Saturday morning. My name's Matt Locke. You're listening to The Conservative Cartel. I am live from the Nine Line Apparel Studios here on the Blaze Radio Network. And as I enjoy my cup of Black Rifle Coffee, on the Black Rifle Coffee hotline, we've got Chief Branding Officer Matt Best joining us on the program. Matt, good morning. Hello, hello. Good morning. How are you guys doing? I'm doing well. How about yourself, sir? Fantastic. I'm actually uh, drinking some Black Rifle coffee as we speak. So, As, as you morning. should be. And by the way, thank you for your service. Matt's a former ranger, so we appreciate that here on the cartel. But Matt, you're in Chicago, right? Yes, I am. I'm in uh, Chicago, actually Indiana right now, but I'll be up in Chicago for some meetings later in the week. So. Oh, in the fine state of Indiana. That's where I'm from. Love Indiana. Whereabouts in Indiana are you at right now? Uh, my wife's family lives in like the Chesterton Valparaiso area, so oh, we're yeah. sitting on a little uh, place outside of a lake. I can't complain. There you go. My my wife's parents live in Lowell, so you're in the region over there. You're real close to where they are, and it's a fantastic area of of Indiana. But Matt, thank you for taking the time. You're the, you're the chief branding officer for yes, sir. Black Rifle Coffee. What does that entail? Uh, well, you know, I'm an owner as well. So at the beginning, when we started the company, um, essentially the chief branding officer, everything everything that uh, we put out kind of gets filtered through me to make sure it's in line with the brand. And everything that gets out is, you know, in line with the cultures and values of all the ownership of the company to make sure that we're just always doing the right thing and representing uh, who we are as best as we can. And a fantastic company, by the way. So, Matt, tell everybody, Thank tell you. the audience about yourself. Let's get some background on you. Sure. Um, I joined the military at 17, um, spent some time in 2nd Ranger Battalion, did five deployments with those guys. Um, some of the most badass dudes I've ever met on the planet came out of there. Uh, I worked um, as a contractor for the CIA for about five years, a little bit over that. And then that's when I started just making some videos online, having some fun, kind of, um, you know, doing some comedy writing. And then I picked up a pretty good uh, following on Facebook and YouTube and kind of used that as a vessel to launch some brands, some lifestyle brands. And then here we are today with Black Rifle Coffee once I met Evan Hafer. Let's talk about Evan Hafer. We, we've had Evan on Let's the program it. before. And I've heard stories. And, of course, you guys had a fantastic video at Christmas time playing Jingle Bells <laughs> with rifles. Yes. You know, who comes up with these ideas? Honestly, it's just the core guys. We sit in a room and bounce ideas off each other, and then once once one sticks with all of us, we just run and put it into production, and then say let's let's do it, and you know, kind of get it out in a week. So it's it's a pretty fun process. 
Now, I'm going to ask a question. It's kind of a serious question, but not. But, you know, the HR department at Black Rifle Coffee has got to be pulling their hair out, right? Uh, You know, to be honest, we're we're, we're pretty professional. Like the the locker room conversation happens usually with, you know, the executives in the back in that. But, you know, we're all about respect. But, yeah, absolutely. We, We like to keep the culture of the company very, you know, in line with kind of how the military is that way when people get out and they get a job at black rifle coffee, the assimilation process isn't that crazy. You know, they don't have, they can, if they slip up and say the F word, no one's going to, you know, right. And, <laughs> yeah. That, that's our goal at least. And by the way, let's not slip and say the F word because we are on a nationally heard radio program. So if we can, we can get that done, but I'm going to tell you some of your videos, fantastic, by the way. I mean, if you have not seen, Black Rifle Coffee's videos. You need to go to their YouTube page for one because we play them during the ads when we're on the Facebook Live here on the other side for our social media. You guys come up with all of that, but how how did you hook up with Evan Hafer? How did you get involved with Black Rifle Coffee? Well, essentially, I was making videos and, uh, you know, I was getting a decent amount of views back, and I was working for the same organization as Evan, and um, someone, he was higher up than me in that organization, and I heard someone was trying to vet me, so I thought I was going to get fired for, you know, making these videos while I was still deploying, um, but it actually turned out to be Evan, and then Evan said, hey, I'd like to link up with you and your business partners and potentially do a coffee through my clothing company, which was Article 15 Clothing, and uh we did our first run of coffee, which is Freedom Roasters, about three-plus years ago. It was a pretty good success. And then Evan just said, I want to do this thing called Black Rifle Coffee. Are you guys in? And we were like, absolutely. And you know, three-plus years, here we are. Well, and you've taken the world by storm, not being only a premier sponsor of our show, but we're seeing you all over the place. Evan's been on Fox. You, you know, you're talking about it. Let's talk about the growth of Black Rifle Coffee. Let's talk about what's behind it, and, and, and let's talk about the meaning of it. Yeah, I mean, it's the, the growth has just been phenomenal, you know, and the, the hardest part is just being able to scale it appropriately and then maintain quality and all of that. But I think we've done a pretty phenomenal job at that because we have such a good team. But, yeah, I mean, I think Black Rifle Coffee represents what a lot of people wanted and was missing in the coffee space, you know. You don't really have a conservative option out there, especially with a lot of other companies openly and overtly promoting their progressive and hyper-liberal agendas. So I think it's kind of refreshing for the libertarian to conservative side to say, oh, I can actually support a company that's not afraid to say we love veterans and, and all these other things because it's it's who the company is. And, um, you know, very in line with Nine Line who sponsors you guys and their mission statement. Yes. So, um, yeah, it's I think that's really what catapulted Black Rifle to the, the forerunner of, you know, conservative coffee in America. Well, you hit on something here that that to us is fantastic because, of course, our other major sponsor is Nine Line Apparel. And you guys all hang out together. There, there's, I mean, there's camaraderie, of course. There's competitiveness. But there's a Black Rifle coffee kiosk or a little coffee shop in the Nine Line Apparel retail building. Yeah, you know, and I'll give that to the Nine Line guys. And really what we've tried to do in this space is, like, you can still be competitive, right? It's almost the other branches of service. But then you guys, we can all come together and succeed together. And that's really what we're doing. You know, they're primarily an apparel company. We're primarily a coffee company. There's no reason that we can't, you know, meet in the middle on some things and benefit both companies and come together for their veteran causes. So I think it's silly when people ostracize themselves from other veteran companies and be like, we win and no one else can win. And I think that that's just ludicrous. We can all, we all win together. Well, and that's exactly it. That's the American way. And it's so fantastic to watch great companies that are veteran owned 
take that track. So let me ask you a question here. I, I saw the other day, it looks like Black Rifle Coffee is expanding. I think I saw where someone said you guys were opening up in Las Vegas. Yes, uh, we partnered with um, a company called Battlefield Vegas. They they do all these like machine guns and tanks and all these other things. So you can show up to Vegas and have this full experience of the military and shoot a minigun. And so we put a kiosk there with Black Rifle Coffee. It was it's just super cool to see you know, stores starting to pop up now. Of course you did, because that falls directly in line with guys firing 50 <laughs> caliber course. machine guns, you know, on your videos. Now, I got to ask you a behind the scenes question here. The, the video you sure. do where you shoot without looking and you said you hit that, did you really hit it? That, I, I, I really did. I, uh, <laughs> at one point, I'll admit it, I, we, were, we, we were like, well, we could play with the shot, you know, and make it look right. like I hit and it was the fourth take because I kept messing up my lines and the fourth take I hit it right in the head without looking I was like well there we go <laughs> and and I love the line of I really did hit that I you, surprised know, you, you might as well just say it right <laughs> if, you, if you're right. going to be good at it you might as well say it so only one more question because we're running low on time and I know it's a Saturday morning and Matt we certainly appreciate your time by the way thanks for no joining problem. the cartel this morning but uh how many takes did it take to do the Christmas songs with the rifles and you and Evan? Cause we saw some of the outtakes on YouTube. Yeah. To be honest, the, the steel kept breaking. That was kind of the hard part, at least the, the places that hold that holds it on. But um, you know, we had Jared or other business partner out there playing it like a piano showing us. And then we would run through it and it actually didn't take that much. We shot the whole thing in uh, about like six hours. So, I mean, it took a little practice for sure, but uh, it was, well, it, that was a super fun video to do certainly fantastic what you guys do you're a great american owned veteran company we, we are honored to be part of your brand matt i want you to know that you're always welcome here let's do this tell everybody about matt best where they can find you where you're at on all your social media how do they find you well if you uh, want to watch some of the edgy videos you can just type matt best into youtube or facebook and all my pages will be uh usually right there on the top and then obviously BlackRifleCoffee.com and our YouTube and Facebook host the majority of our content and commercials that we put out and um, all the cool gear and coffee that we sell. So any insight of what's going to be on, in, in store for Black Rifle in 2018? Anything you can let us know? Any insider stuff that we can hear first? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, we, we did some pretty cool partnerships at the end of last year. So we're really expanding Black Rifle Coffee. And if people remember early in 2017, we vowed to hire 10,000 veterans. And that mission is absolutely not stopping. We're closer than we've ever been. And we're going to open up brick and mortar, some franchise opportunities for veterans to come in and own their own Black Rifle Coffee. So the expansion is going to be really significant this year. And um, we're going to give a lot of opportunity to a lot of good men and women. Well, Matt, once again, thank you for your service. Thank you for your sponsorship. We we uh, we are huge fans here of Black Rifle Coffee. You guys do it right. You're passionate about your country, which is fantastic. We need a lot more of Black Rifle Coffees, Matt Best, Evan Hafers, uh, Daniel Holloway's. You know, we need a lot more of you guys who love the country, who want to give back, who want to take care of these veterans. And I got to tip my hat to you. You guys donated over ten thousand pounds of coffee to men and women overseas fighting. That's that's fantastic. 
hey, we're here. The things we say are for PR. You know, we truly believe in what we're doing and, and we're actually going to back it up by action, which separates us from the majority of other people. So thank you very much for the kind words. I appreciate that. Matt, you're always welcome. You are. You now are a member, a, a member of the conservative cartel. You're welcome back anytime. Thank you for taking the time to be with me on this morning on the conservative cartel. Matt Best from the great state of Indiana, by the way. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Certainly appreciate it. Going to let you go. Thank you, sir. Matt Best. Check him out. You know, he's on Instagram. He's They're on YouTube. He's on Facebook. He, he's on Twitter. I, I don't know where all of his handles are, but it's Saturday morning. I, I mean, you know, look, he, he's doing his thing. They're doing their part. Veteran-owned company. And we talk about him all the time. As I sit here and drink my Black Rifle coffee, I'm, I'm drinking the caffeinated as F this morning, and it will get you going, I can tell you that. But uh, we, we love Black Rifle. We love Black Rifle. They are a fantastic company. They literally donated 10,000 pounds of coffee to our men and women overseas who are fighting for your freedom. And like he said, if you go to the YouTube page of Black Rifle Coffee, you'll see some of those if you're watching our Facebook page, the Conservative Cartel. You'll see a lot of those videos, some of the shell down ones. They're pretty risque. But you can go to the YouTube page and check it out. By the way, if you're listening or if you're watching, on the Blaze Radio Network's Facebook page. Get over to the Cartel Facebook page right now. We're shutting that stream down. We get one segment on the Blaze's Facebook page. If you want to continue to watch the rest of the show, the Conservative Cartel Facebook page. Get over there. I need 200 likes and follows today. Get it done. Tell your friends. I'm not done yet. We're heading back to the Clintons, and we're going to get into all of this garbage. My name is Matt Locke. This is the Conservative Cartel. I roll on. This is the this Conservative Cartel with Matt Locke and Rocky Stucci. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Shout out to Matt Best, Black Rifle Coffee. Uh, he was just my guest that last segment. If you missed it, you need to go back and listen to it on the Conservative Cartel Facebook page. Um, it'll be up in podcast form on iTunes under the Blaze. Um, iHeartRadio, you can take that on the go. Spreaker.com is there as well. Or you can go to our YouTube channel, the Conservative Cartel. But you can find that great interview. Uh, Matt Best, Black Rifle Coffee, uh, former Ranger, uh, veteran, loves his company, one of the founders and owners of Black Rifle Coffee. But uh, my name is Matt Locke, by the way. I am your voice of liberty. We are live from the Nine Line Apparel Studios here in Fort Worth, Texas, on the Blaze Radio Network. If you'd like to be part of the program, Black Rifle Coffee Hotline is open. 888-900-3393 is how you get in touch with me today. And in the first hour, I asked about Trump tweeting and if he was unfit to be president. And I've got Mike on from Baton Rouge, and he wants to talk about Donald Trump tweeting. So, Mike, welcome to the conservative cartel. How are you, sir? You know, you know something, Matt. I'm doing fine on this fine Saturday morning. You know, but yes, sir. you know what? You know what gives the media the reds about about Trump and his tweeting? Because before before the thing before tweeting came along, 
it would take a president 3,000, 5,000, 10,000 words to get his point out there. And that still didn't mean that he would he would get his point out there in the way he wanted to get his point out there. Because we know what happens with these speeches. He would have to, the president has to release them to the press right. beforehand. And that gives the press a chance to go in there and pick and choose sentences and pick and choose words and phrases and right. put it together and say something to make to make that person say something that he didn't really want to say. Whereas right now, this guy, this idiot of a president who who shouldn't have been in an elected in the first place, has gotten to the, to the ability to be able to, in 280 characters or less, uh, and that's what it is right now because they remember Twitter right. they, went they, up. They on, made it, it went from 140 up to 280, yep. Yeah, the 280 characters or less can get his point across, and it's not allowing them to do what they used to do and pick and choose. Because if you choose words out of uh, out of a hundred hundred uh, to two hundred eighty character tweet, it loses its effectiveness, and they can't do it now. And well, but Mike. I think you're being tongue-in-cheek here with saying idiot president, of course, but it's allowing Donald Trump to get you and I, the common folk here who make the country run, who pay taxes, who raise our families, who go to work, who live our lives, it allows President Trump to talk directly to us. And that bugs the left. That bugs the media. Would you say that's the case? It it really does bug the media because it's forcing them to – Every time he gets on on Twitter, and he said, whatever time of day it is, right. you know what's going to happen. He gets on there, he says something within 10 minutes of when he says it, it's on CNN or MSNBC right. or whatever, right. and it's forcing them to, to tell people what he's actually saying and not do what I said before and take phrases and sentences and stuff. They have to t- they have to say exactly what he's saying. And- That's right, and, and they got to report on it as what he said. Now, Mike, one last word because I got to get going here. I got lots sure. of stuff to jam in in the next hour and a half. Last, sure. my 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 last thought here. Do you think there's drama in the White House because Trump tweets? You know, I don't think there's drama in the White House, and I don't think you know. I, I really don't. I, I, this is this is how he's. This is another way for him to tweak the media and do what he's been doing the whole time. I mean, it's not just his tweets. It's the fact that he can brand the media whatever he wants to brand them or brand the liberals whatever he wants to brand them, and and it sticks. And and that's That's another thing that gives him the reds. And that's right. Mike? Thank you for your call. Thank you for being a great patriot. Thank you for listening to the conservative cartel. Certainly appreciate it. Uh, Mike there from Baton Rouge. He's not wrong. And I don't want to spend a lot of time with this because I spent the first hour on it. I want to get back to Hillary Clinton. But I just don't believe there's drama. I don't believe that the people who voted for Donald Trump believes there's drama. Now, if we want to talk about drama, let's get back to this whole investigation of the Clinton Foundation in this email server because Peter Schweitzer who wrote Clinton Cash. And I'm going to tell you, if you haven't read that book, you should. It is fantastic. It talks all about the Uranium One deal, all of the players in that. And Peter Schweitzer is meticulous about his his sources, his footnoting. It's a fantastic book. But 
I want to go back to the fact I was talking about this key issue of whether there was a pay to play operation that was in effect at the State Department under Hillary Clinton. In other words, did people make large campaign contributions, or in this case, foundation contributions to the Clinton? And did they do that to get favorable treatment in return? That is pay for play. Okay. Now, the fact of the matter is that there is a lot of circumstantial evidence, and there's also now internal documents that speak exactly to that. One of the things that they don't want to talk about is that they did an internal review of the Clinton Foundation back in 2011. This is Peter Schweitzer talking. He said it was actually ordered by Chelsea Clinton. It was done by Simpson, Simpson Thatcher, who is a very prominent New York law firm, very heavy hitters. What they found in the review is shocking. They said, they said in their own internal review that there was a culture of pay-to-play at the Clinton Foundation that major donors had expectations that they were going to get favors in return for the money they spent with the Clintons. Let that sink in for just a second. These major donors had expectations they were going to get favors in return for their donations. That's not coming from a right-wing source. That's not coming from a Breitbart or a Daily Wire or a Fox News or the Blaze. That is coming from Simpson Thatcher, which is a very prominent New York law firm. Do you think that law firm in New York is liberal? Yeah. Now, here's the deal. If you look at some of the reporting that came out as related to Haiti, Mr. Schweitzer goes on with, ABC News and other outlets have done a lot of reporting on this. You had emails that came out which showed that people were FOBs, friends of Bill Clinton were put at the head of the line to get contracts for the reconstruction of Haiti. These are not theories. These are not speculations. These are facts. And this goes to the heart of the American political decision-making. We've seen in our history that people from all walks of life, in terms of their political careers, have engaged in this sort of deal. In case of the Clintons, it's the size, it's the scope, of the contributions that are so unique. The amounts of money dwarf anything, anything that we've seen historically. Now, Mr. Schweitzer went on and said that the case has never been thoroughly investigated and that he maintained Hillary Clinton was not properly vetted by the Obama administration before becoming Secretary of State. He says, when, you, when she was confirmed by the U.S. Senate, she had hearings before the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. And the chairman at the time was John Kerry, who did what? Became the Secretary of State after Clinton stepped down. Following me so far? One of the things that Kerry insisted on, and also President Obama assisted, uh, insisted on, to his credit, 
was that they had to put in a series of structural reforms or they were structurally required in order for her to become Secretary of State. One of the main ones was you simply have to disclose all of the donations your foundation is taking. Remember that whole ordeal? Hillary Clinton was running for president, and they were still taking foreign money through the Clinton Global Global Initiative and Foundation. Well, that's it's not a problem, they said. It's no big deal that Qatar or Saudi Arabia or Syria or Turkey want to send you any money while you're running for the president of the United States. There's no correlation there at all. There's no pay for play. There's no what do you think? How do you think the Clintons now are worth two hundred million while they're working for the government? While they're living off government pay. How do you think that happened? I'll leave that question right there. Give me a call on the Black Rifle Coffee Hotline, 888-900-3393. How'd the Clintons become wealthy on a government paycheck? Don't go anywhere. Much more to go. Going to continue talking about the Clintons as the cartel rolls on this Saturday morning. This is the Conservative Cartel with Matt Locke and Rocky Stucci, only on the Blaze Radio Network. It's a tough job, you know, talking about the Clintons. It makes my skin kind of crawl a little bit. I mean, they're kind of slimy people. They're underhanded. Uh, We know the pay to play. We know that there's being favors given back and forth. I mean, come on. House of Cards which, by the way, is in its final season coming up because the whole Kevin Spacey deal and he can't keep his hands off little men or little boys or whatever the hell he was doing. But uh, House of Cards is loosely based on the Clintons, and I've had conversation after conversation after conversation. I mean, look, the Clintons' marriage is a sham. I'll say it here on national radio. It's a sham. It's a business. It's a business agreement. Bill Clinton is not sleeping in the same bed as Hillary. is isn't happening. He's running around with the Energizer Bunny or whatever the hell they call her. <laughs> Welcome back to the Conservative Cartel. My name's Matt Locke. I am your voice of liberty. I am live from the Nine Line Apparel Studios here on the Blaze Radio Network. If you'd like to be part of the program this morning, would love to have you. We're, we're talking, and I see you there, Tom. We're going to get to you. Uh, the Black Rifle Coffee Hotline, 888-900-3393. I'm talking about Clinton Cash. I'm covering this new investigation that's being opened into the Clinton Foundation. I'm seeing a ton of great comments on the Conservative Cartel Facebook page. That's where we're live over there. So get over there and like and share it if you would. I mean, Hillary lost the election, and now all the money's dried up. wonder why that is. Anybody want to garner a guess? You know, there's no more influence. You have no power. You got nothing to sell. I mean, would anybody really pay Bill Clinton 500000 to come talk? Well, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you a little story after the call. We're going to go to Tom in South Carolina. He wants to talk about Trump versus the Dem- Dems. Tom, welcome to the Conservative Cartel. How are you this morning, sir? Hey, good morning, sir. Greetings from South Carolina. Uh, good to see you, sir. Did you make it through the bomb cyclone? Oh, yeah, sure did, sir. <laughs> sure did. I just How wondering, uh, when is the Democrats ever going to release the reins on our great president uh, and let his cabinet come through? I mean, he can only do so much without his cabinet, right? True, true. What are you talking about, Tom? Phil's it. 
Well, you know, uh, all the people that he uh, wants to work. Oh, on his cabinet? I think yeah, most of the cabinet, cabinet. Is, is filled right now. I mean, I think that was a problem when he initially started. The Democrats wanted to uh, continue to slow roll it and drag their feet and whatnot. But I think he's close to being up if he doesn't have everything. I, I mean, here's he... my question to you, Tom. Yeah. Uh, are you tired of what the liberals call the drama in the White House of Trump winning? Emma? No, I like drama, man. <laughs> <laughs> drama makes it interesting, right? Oh, it's like watching a soap opera. I think he needs to tweet more. You think he needs to tweet more? Five minutes. Sure. Why I mean, not? look, the, hey, the that other caller. honest, man. It, right. The other caller, I think, put that out there as well. Yeah, you know. It, uh, you're, you're bypassing a, a very liberal news organization news. that's trying to propagandize instead of tell you the truth. That's right, exactly, Bud. I mean, they can't uh, they can't rein him in uh, and make him eat out of the trough, so to speak. He he runs his own boat. Well, and that's what it should be, Tom. Thank you for hey, the call. Certainly have a good day. appreciate have a good it. Weekend. Love South Carolina, Tom from South Carolina. You have a good weekend as well. I, I mean, look, we're we're right here. And if you want to give me a call on the Black Rifle Coffee Hotline, like Tom did there, triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. He's right. I mean, I don't know if I agree with more drama. I don't think I would categorize it as drama. But, you know, it's neither here nor there. I want to tell you a little story. Because I was talking about who would pay Bill Clinton 500000 for a speech. And believe me, I don't forget where I'm at. I'm sharp mind here. I lived in a small town in Indiana called Kendallville. It's about uh, uh, 20 minutes north and west of Fort Wayne, Indiana. I lived there for about uh, two or three years, and I lived there back in uh, 2008 when Hillary Clinton was running in the primary against Barack Obama. And at the time, Bill Clinton came to Kinderville, which was crazy because Indiana inevitably every year really doesn't have anything to do with the elections. It was crazy because in the election last year, with Trump winning the presidency, Indiana in the primaries was huge because at the point it was just down to uh, Ted Cruz and Donald Trump. But anyway, back in 2008, I believe, early 2008, they were campaigning for the primary, and Bill Clinton came to Kinderville, Indiana, and I went and watched him speak. And I'll tell you what, it was in the firehouse in Kinderville, and the population of Kinderville, Indiana can't be, I don't know, seven, 8,000 people total. I mean, it's not a big town, but the firehouse was packed, and I probably was o- the only conservative there, probably the only conservative there, right? So I'm sitting, I'm standing there in the fire hall listening to Bill Clinton talk, and I'm going to tell you something. The guy can talk. He's a charmer. I mean, the guy's got charisma. I was sitting there listening to him say what he was saying, and I honestly... I don't remember what he was saying because obviously he was shilling for his wife, Hillary, who was running to be president in 2008 when, you know, Barack Obama beat her, right? So he was obviously shilling for her, and I don't remember exactly what he said, but I'm sitting there thinking to myself as I'm standing there, damn, am I a Democrat? Because I was enamored by who he was and how he spoke. I mean, he was smooth. He was smooth. I mean, he he was, you know, he got right there with you. You could relate to him. It was really weird because I'm like, man, 
I know I have conservative values. I know what I believe in, but damn, that dude can talk. So I left there thinking I was a Democrat for all of about 30 seconds. And then it, it passed like, you know, some kind of disease or something. But anyway, I want to finish up with, with the Clintons here because we've got a problem. What, what, what we have here is if you look at this thing, we've got this disclosure problem. You know, the, the problem is that even that basic requirement of disclosure that she had of disclosing those donations, she had to sign an agreement with the president of the United States, Barack Obama, when she was secretary of state. And what they do? They violated that agreement. Yeah, we know that. For example, the chairman of Uranium One, this Russian uranium company, the chairman donated $2.35 million to the Clinton Foundation as that deal was being approved through the Secretary of State, who was Hillary Clinton. And that was never disclosed. That's been confirmed by multiple news outlets. And it broke in Clinton cash. So they found out that the contribution was going, they found out the contribution by going through Canadian tax records. At its very basic level, there were concerns early on by people like John Kerry and by Barack Obama and even basic, basic requirements like disclosure that just simply got ignored. And he says, Mr. Schweitzer says, I think that part of the problem that even a lot of Clinton supporters have had sort of a cavalier attitude in which they have dismissed any sense of accountability. Now, he also stressed the importance of recovering and examining the more than 33,000 emails Hillary Clinton did not surrender to the State Department from her private email server. Now, what the Clintons were doing, or what the Clintons wanted, was a private server with complete control and the ability to delete completely the communication she had while she was Secretary of State. The focus is pretty galling. First of all, they deleted more emails than they actually turned over to the State Department. 33,000. They turned 30,000 over to the State Department. The argument was that these were all personal in nature. So they're basically arguing that she sent far more private personal emails while she was the American's chief diplomat than she did as, as professional ones as she was working. They want you to believe that. Now, we've got anti-racketeering charges that could be filed against them. And a lot of the strategy on these issues for the Clintons have been to just buy time because there's an issue of statute of limitations, arguing that this is all old news. So it's old news. We don't have to go by it. They violated the contract of donations with President Barack Obama. They did everything unseemly, and here comes the investigations. And Of course, the left doesn't want you to look that way. Because I'm telling you right now, there's a lot of ugliness that's going to come out in the next six months. There's a lot of things we're going to find out about the Clinton Foundation. Will anything be done? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no right now. You heard it here live on the conservative cartel, on the Blaze Radio Network. I don't think a thing happens to the Clintons. I think it's a huge story. I think they're criminals. But in the end, they've got enough, enough influence and power that nothing's going to happen. Now, look, hour three. Drill, baby, drill. We're going to open up drilling. Pakistan, North Korea, we're going to take money's, money away. Donald Trump finally being the world leader that we all wish Barack Obama could have been. You're going to want to stick around for hour three. It's going to be fantastic. Matt Locke here, the conservative cartel. We're going to roll on this Saturday morning. Stick around. 
This is The Conservative Cartel with Matt Locke and Rocky Stucci, only on the Blaze Radio Network. You're in the marketplace of liberty. The Conservative Cartel with Matt Locke and Rocky Stucci on the Blaze Radio Network. That has to be the fastest two hours of my life. We're two hours into the show already. It's fantastic. The, the conversations are fantastic. We're talking about winning. We're talking about sending the Clintons to jail. It's a fantastic Saturday. I just got to tell you, welcome back to the conservative cartel. My name is Matt Locke. I am your voice of Liberty. Oh, I'm, oh, I'm live, by the way, from the Nine Line Apparel Studios on the Blaze Radio Network. If you'd like to be part of the program, Black Rifle Coffee Hotline, 888-900-3393. So. I'm going to move on here because I want to talk about some more winning. But to do that, I've got Brian on the phone. I've had him on hold for a little bit. Brian, welcome to the Conservative Cartel. What's on your mind, sir? Hi, Matt. Good morning. Uh, Enjoy the show. Thank you. Uh, The comment I'd like to make is this is kind of how our whole government works, unfortunately. This is how Congress works. If you don't give congressmen money, you don't get to talk to them. It's it's amazing. And... uh, you know, if if I were to call my senator Dick Durbin, you know, I would all I would get would be his college intern on you the phone. You poor soul. If, yeah, if, and, and the sad he, thing is, Brian, it, just to just to expound on that, we went to Washington D.C. We were there last June. You were so right. Every congress congressman and woman senator, their offices are run by twenty two year old interns. It's crazy. They, what do right. they do up there? Right, and you you just you can't talk to them. I mean, all you do is send them a letter, and then you'll get back a form letter, which I've done. Yep. And uh, just a real quick story: uh, when our when my representative was newly elected, her name was Melissa Bean. She did this meet and greet at a local grocery store, and you know, of course, it was mostly older people, old, and they'd want to talk to her about their mailman. They don't like the time their mail is delivered, or their social security came check came late one day. Right, and. Uh, so I got in line and I got to talk to her and I got I gave her an earful about several issues that I follow very closely. One of them being illegal immigration, and uh, just you know our, our trade agreements. And uh, I got a deer in the headlights and uh, oh, you know yeah. was, oh thank you for your opinion and yeah I yep. think a lot about those issues and uh, just just contact my office and and give me your email and and I'll let you know where how we're progressing on those and and move along please. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Brian, you've hit on it here, and I want to give you a little bit of time because you're on hold a little bit. The, these politicians, they don't have answers, and they're getting money from special interests and lobbyists. And like you said, you, it's a pay-to-play system. Right. If you don't put money in their pocket, you don't get any time to talk to them. Exactly. And I forgot who what commentator said this, but it, it – boils it down exactly it says uh, congress is a coin operated institution you have to put money into it to get anything out of it and uh, you have a good morning hey thank you brian for the call from illinois thanks for get, taking some time beyond the cartel this morning he's so right i mean we are being we are being led by a bunch of criminals i mean i i've said this on other shows before and i'm not going to get too deep into the weeds on it today because i got other stuff i want to talk about but the, the reason that nothing for any kind of corruption, pay for play, anything like that is because everybody up in Washington, D.C. has has something on everybody else. They're all corrupt. 
So if you spill the beans on Congressman A, Congressman B, C, and D are going to get the bill, the beans spilled on them because there's beans everywhere. There, there, there's, there's criminality everywhere, and everybody's got skeletons in the closet, and they're all sleeping with their interns, and there's sexual harassment charges, and there's a slush fund that you and I are paying for. And, and, and to be a congressman, we know you've got to go, if you want to have any seat on any committee, you've got to go get money for the RNC, and if you don't get it, you don't get any seats. I mean, it's a pay-to-play. I've seen it firsthand. He's absolutely right. But I want to move on here because lots of stuff. Lots of stuff to get to in hour three. I mean, I want to get to this in particular. I want to spend a couple segments on the fact that the Trump administration has now expanded the drilling in the U.S. continental waters. Now, I don't know if you've heard about this. I didn't get a chance to talk about it this week during my weekday show. But the Trump administration has unveiled what the New York or the Washington Post says is a controversial proposal Thursday controversial wasn't controversial when uh president obama shut it down but now it's controversial and that's i'm using air quotes for those of you not watching the conservative cartel facebook live page by the way if you're not get over there share like it tell everybody you know but it's a controversial proposal to permit drilling in most of the u.s continental shelf waters including protected areas of the arctic and the atlantic now anwar here we go We can't do anything up there because we'll hurt the speckled frog or uh, we'll screw up the habitat for the horned owl or whatever it is. And and look, I'm all for helping animals and I don't want to kill them. But at some point, I mean, there's a fantastic line. There's a fantastic quote in here that I'm going to find that uh, Zinke. Uh, what's his first name? Uh, da, 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 da. Let's see if I can find it here. Because he is now, he he. Oh, there we go. He is the Interior Secretary Ryan Zinke, and, and he says in here in this article from the Washington Post. Uh, let me see if I can find it because I'm trying to. Da, 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 da. It was fantastic. Oh, here we go. There is a clear difference between energy weakness and energy dominance. Think about that for a second. Think about where we get our oil. OPEC? You know? Petroleum exporting countries? Where are those? Where, where's OPEC at? Middle East. What's in the Middle East? <laughs> a lot of what we don't want. Iran, Iraq, Syria, Saudi Arabia, Turkey. You know, name a few. That's where we're getting our oil. And, and we're getting our oil from these... Mafia group, the OPEC, telling us what you and I have to and have to not pay. And the only reason that gas prices are lower now is because of shale. I mean, we've literally opened up shale in this country, which has brought down the price of gasoline. You know, competition. Capitalism. So here we are. We are funding countries in these OPEC nations that do what? Support terrorism. They fund terrorism. Iran is the leading state sponsor of terrorism. But yet, you've got the left here. Let's, let, let's not be energy independent. 
let's not have our own energy because oh well if we open up if we open up the atlantic or the you know the continental shelf waters we may have another oil spill we may nobody wants that nobody wants another deep water horizon i watched that movie by the way with uh, mark Wahlberg. nobody wants that no no nobody wants to pollute the earth but let, let's face it oil is the lifeblood of what drives our country. And I spent the first hour telling you about how amazing the economy's doing. Donald Trump is not a stupid man. The left can sit and tell you he's a rube. They can tell you he's a dunce. They can tell you that he's childish. But think about the strategy that Donald Trump is employing currently. We have an economy that is 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 just rocketing toward the moon. He has lit the fuse. Unemployment's low. People are getting off of welfare. He's creating jobs. And what is the next step to this three-stage rocket? Oil. Oil drives our economy. If we open up oil, if we become energy independent, if we get out of NAFTA, which is a joke and it's not a, a fair trade agreement at all, you see what Trump's doing with NAFTA, TPP that we didn't get into, oil, economy. Think of how many jobs are going to be created because these are exploratory. I'm going to get in depth here in the next segment, but this is an exploratory deal. They're just expanding the ability to explore for new oil reserves. Now, I think all of you know out there, we are sitting on more oil that is over in the Middle East. And they've been pumping that thing for for decades. We can be energy independent. We can control and we can get off of the dependency of foreign oil, which does what? Strengthens America and puts America first. And what do Democrats do not want? America first. They want a new world order. They want a global economy. What's Trump doing? Pulling the rug right out from under him. So who is squawking the loudest? You got it. The left. Now, look, stick around. I'm going to get into this more in depth after the after the break here. You don't want to go anywhere. The cartel rolls on this Saturday morning. You're in the marketplace of liberty. The conservative cartel on the Blaze Radio Network. So the Trump administration unveiled a proposal Thursday to permit drilling in most U.S. continental shelf waters is what we're talking about today here on the cartel here in this segment, this first, this third hour, by the way. Welcome back to the conservative cartel. My name's Matt Locke. I am your voice of liberty, and I am live from the Nine Line Apparel Studios here on the Blaze Radio Network. If you'd like to be part of the program, I'd love to hear what you have to say. We've talked about... 
winning and the economy and, and, and Trump's Twitter account and if he's unfit. And now we've went to the pay-to-play scheme, that is the Clinton Foundation and Charity and the Global Initiative. But if you want to be part of the conversation, love to hear from you on the Black Rifle Coffee Hotline, 888-900-3393. That's how you get a hold of me. But, uh, you know, the Washington Post came out with this article on uh, the 4th of January, which would have been Thursday. And uh, they're calling this proposal controversial. And I laugh at at that term because it wasn't controversial when then-President Barack Obama shut it down. So let me get to what is going on under this proposal of drilling in most U.S. continental shelf waters. Because under the proposal, only one, one UNO, of 26 planting areas in the Arctic Ocean, Pacific Ocean, Gulf of Mexico, and Atlantic Ocean would be off limit to oil and gas exploration, according to Interior Secretary Ryan Zinke. Now, he said the Bureau of Ocean and Energy Management has identified 47 potential areas where industry companies can buy leases between 2019 and 2024. So that's next year, when the proposed period would begin and end. So there's an end date to this. Now, the draft five-year Outer Continental Shelf oil and gas leasing program was embraced by the oil and gas industry groups, but is expected, here we go, to face withering opposition from a wide range of state officials and, con- and con- conservationists. Nothing is final, Mr. Zinke said in remarks at a news conference. This is a draft program. The states, local communities, and congressional delegations will all have a say before the proposal becomes final in the coming months. Because it doesn't even go into effect till 2019. We just started 2018. We got some time, right? So here it comes. Here comes the backlash. I told you in the last segment. If you think about what Donald Trump is doing, if you think about what's going on here with all of the jobs, the economy, the GDP's at 3.5%, probably going to go to a 4 or 5%. I mean, you got the tax reform you're kicking in. All the liberals are chewing on their livers because they're mad that Donald Trump is winning. They want to tell you he's stupid, but in the end, he's getting everything done that he wants to get done. And here we go. He's unleashing, and he is Donald Trump, he's unleashing the next stage of this rocket, of this economy. You know, he's gotten rid of regulation. He's lowered corporate taxes. Now he's opening up exploration for oil and gas to drill. Guess what that's going to do? Create jobs. It's going to create a ton of jobs. And who's mad about it? Democrats. Mostly. I mean, we've got Rick Scott down there in Florida. who's like, oh, you know, the tourism and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, I'm going to tell you something right now. Anybody ever been to Gulf Shores in Alabama there? Anybody ever been to Texas, Corpus Christi? You know, Houston on the shores, you know, there. I mean, the oil rigs are far enough out. You don't see them, for one. Do they pollute? Well, we have the deep water horizon. Let, let, let's let's be fair. That's what the cartel is. I'm going to give you the straight give you the straight story. We've had the BP, you know, the deep water horizon. We, we, we had the pollution. It happened. We cleaned it up. I mean, these kind of things happen. But I said in the first segment, I'm going to say it again. Energy independence is huge. Oil is the lifeblood of our economy. We have not found any way to replace oil as the main driver 
of what happens here in the United States. We haven't. Solar hasn't done it. Electric hasn't done it. We, we, we got too many people who I see, uh, I read an article, oh, geez, it was probably a week or two ago, where we're building now for the first time since uh, 1978, I believe, nuclear power plants, a couple of nu- nuclear power plants in Georgia. Because we've got all this, I mean, Donald Trump came out uh, probably a month ago. And it was funny because he was talking about regulation. You know, he's talking about regulating the government, what laws are put in place to regulate what sectors and whatnot. And he's like, look, and he's holding up this this, this uh, chart, this uh, flow chart. I don't know why I couldn't think of flow chart, but he was holding up this flow chart of what it took to apply to the government to get anything built, to get anything done, to get something made, to get... You know, and here we are, 1978 is the last time we had a nuclear power plant in this country because there's so much regulation. There's so much red tape. There, 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 there's so many things in hoops to jump through that companies just don't do it. Isn't it, it, it isn't economically advantageous to get that done. So now, you know, here's the deal. Trump has extolled oil and gas exploration as part of an energy dominance agenda. The administration proposed opening nearly 77 million more acres in the Gulf of Mexico to companies wanting to purchase federal oil and gas leases. Now, offshore drilling led to, like I said, the 2010 Deepwater Horizon explosion and that subsequent spill of about 215 million gallons of crude oil. You you probably saw the Deepwater Horizon movie, uh, Mark Wahlberg. I mean, it was based on the true events, supposedly all that stuff. So, you know, it's not as if it can't happen. But we, as a country, are so much better off not relying on the OPEC nations who openly support terrorism. But I want to get into this whole story with this little deal because I I find this, I find this exhausting. I, I find this as something where it's like, God, again? Because here we go. Now that Trump has done what Trump has done, and opened up the exploration for these gas and oil leases, here comes California. California vows to resist Trump's new offshore drilling policy. Really? This is the same thing. You know, I'm going to go back to this. You know, states have rights. Tenth Amendment. I get it. I, I understand it. I think it's a good thing the states have to balance the federal government. But you've got California that has went completely into cuckoo land. I mean, loco, over the edge, over the top, not even in their right minds. Here we go. I mean, they just legalized pot recreationally, which, once again, if you listen to my show, I really don't care if you smoke pot or not. I I don't see it any different in alcohol or cigarettes or anything else. I don't care. I'm a libertarian when it comes to that. But you got sanctuary cities, illegal immigration. If you watch the show... I want to say Thursday, I played the clip from Neil Cavuto when he had Thomas Holman on, the the acting ICE director. And ICE is going into California and saying, look, boys, (laughs) you're not going to hide from us. If you're an illegal, we're going to double up our workforce. We're going to come into California, and we're going to keep you safe even if your state won't. It's pretty bold, by the way. And I was cheering, let me tell you. I want to give the guy a standing ovation. And I kind of think I, I got a little bromance. I got a little crush, a little man crush on this guy. 
because I'm so sick and tired of listening to California tell us they're not going to do something. Because the article starts out of Breitbart. Democrat dominated California. They might as well say the morons in California are determined to resist a new Trump administration policy that would open the, out, the outer continental shelf for offshore drilling. Now, once again, I'll go right back to this. We have the 10th Amendment, which gives the states their rights, right? The federal government isn't the end-all, be-all. I'm not for more government. <laughs> Do not misinterpret what I'm saying right now. But California can go eat a brick. I'm just going to say that. I mean, I'm so sick of this. I'm so sick of this. It's like California, they're their own little communist nation. You know, they bring in illegals. They're bankrupt, you know, and you got all these people, these poor, I'll tell you, these poor conservatives in California, I swear to you, you guys are saints. I don't know how you take it. I mean, California is in a state of collapse. They don't fix, they don't fix their infrastructure. They don't fix their dams. You got illegals coming in that they're giving free everything to. They want to give you free health care, which they can't afford because it's twice as much as their annual budget. And yet here we are. Let's not be, inter- let's not be energy independent. And they're going to end up going to court where? In the Ninth Circus Court. And I said circus. You heard me. They're going to end up in the Ninth Circuit Court. And guess what's going to happen? It's going to go to the Supreme Court. And it's going to get slapped down. And at some point, someone in California might grow a brain. Some point. Because California, by the way, California has vast offshore oil and gas reserves. But the state has been broadly hostile to offshore development and exploration since an oil spill off the coast of Santa Barbara in 1969, which was the worst spill in U.S. history at that time. And now, which that helped launch the environmental movement, and they're just not going to do it. So public outrage by the Santa Barbara spill helped spark the modern environmental movement. No federal leases have been granted off the California coast since 1984. Today... 69% of Californians oppose offshore drilling, according to a 2017 survey by Public Policy Institute of California. Drilling state coastal waters has been banned since 1994 until now. Now, Governor Moonbeam, Jerry Brown, and West Coast governors of Washington and Oregon issued a joint statement on Thursday against Trump's new policy, vowing to do whatever it takes to stop this reckless, short-sighted action. I'm going to tell you what we need to do. I am going to cure the ills of the world right now. We go in, and we take care of California, we round up all the illegals, and we throw Jerry Brown in jail. Done. Problem solved in California. I know, it's dictator-like. It's dictatorship-like. I shouldn't say that, but that's the problem. I mean... People out in California, liberals out in California keep voting for more taxes, more taxes, sanctuary cities. I mean, what we need to do, here's really what we need to do, just withhold the money. Good luck, California, because I'm heading to Pakistan next, and we're withholding money. If if you're not going to play, if you're not going to be part of America, if you're not going to be on the same page with us, why should we keep sending you money? Period. Should be done over with Pakistan next. Trump's pulling out the big stick. He's walking tall, speaking softly, and whacking everybody. Don't go anywhere. The cartel will be right back.
The Conservative Cartel returns after this on The Blaze Radio Network. Place of Liberty, the conservative cartel on the Blaze Radio Network. Yes, you are in the marketplace of liberty. And you know what? Pakistan says no alliance with U.S. after Trump suspends over $1 billion in aid. That's going to leave a mark, by the way. Pakistan's foreign ministry claimed to annul its alliance with the United States after the Trump administration reportedly suspended an estimated $1 billion in security aid for refusing to take decisive action against jihadists who are fighting American troops and their allies in Afghanistan. Welcome back to the conservative cartel. My name's Matt Locke. I am live from the Nine Line Apparel Studios on the Blaze Radio Network. If you'd like to be part of the program, we're running out of time. Got two segments left. The Black Rifle Coffee Hotline is open. 888 Three is how you reach me there. I want to take just a quick second. We've got a new advertiser on the conservative cartel, clayclips.com, C-L-A-Y-C-L-I-P-S.com. Great guy out of Arizona, veteran-owned. You can take your little clay pigeons, and he's got a little clip, clay clip. Poke it right into your backer board target, and you shoot those clay clips right off the target instead of shooting them out on a thrower. Check them out, clayclips.com, new advertiser. Love working with veteran-owned companies. Show them a little love. Get over to there to clayclips.com. Get your order. I mean, they're inexpensive. I don't know how much they are, but they're not very much for like 10 of them. They're not very much. I'd have to look, but maybe 8 or 10 bucks tops. So get over there, do that. Great new sponsor on the Conservative Cartel. Wanted to give them a shout-out there, but look. I know you're crying. I, I, I know you... I know you are upset that Pakistan wants no alliance with us. And I'm going to go back to, I think everybody remembers at one time, I put this up on the Cartel Facebook page, I think, about uh, four or five months ago. Rand Paul went to the floor of the Senate and he said, look, we're, we're dinosaur senators. We have big hearts and little brains. Why do we continue to send money to countries that hate us. Why do we continue to send money to countries who want to kill us? I'm watching Fox News yesterday on the TV here in the studio as I'm preparing for the the weekday show. And I'm watching as I'm seeing all of these Pakistani men, because there were no women in the picture, by the way, because they're cattle over there. They're treated as property. Burning an American flag in their street. And I think to myself, That's the right move. Is that not the right move? I mean, we are sending money to people who want to kill us. And don't we have, I mean, don't we have every right to do that as a country? I mean, it's yours and I's money. Why are we sending billions of dollars to Pakistan? Why are we sending billions of dollars to Turkey? Why are we sending billions of dollars to Syria? Why are we doing it? When we could be using that money Here, 
It's a misappropriation of funds. I mean, if you were a business, that's what I would call it. It's a misappropriation of funds. Now, the reason we're withholding this money, once again, I think it passed muster. Look, we've asked you to help us against these jihadis who are fighting American troops, and you're not. You're harboring terrorists that are killing us. So here's a quote from the Pakistani foreign minister, Kawaji Muhammad Asif. He told the Wall Street Journal, we do not have any alliance with the United States. Hey, see you later. He says, this is not how allies behave. Look, are we supposed to just keep giving you money? Go do it yourself. You know, I I know there's a a sect of people in this country. There's a demographic of people in this country that believe that we need to be the world's policemen. And this is why we do it. I mean, to break it down in the lay, the, the layman's terms, the, the most simplistic terms I can come up with, we're really what we're doing is we're paying to keep these people safe. I mean, that's what we're kind of policing. We are the world's greatest military for now. And I'm not that's no cut on any military person at all. But we've underfunded our military to the point where we're having a hard time finding parts for airplanes, helicopters, equipment that we need. I mean, we're, we're, we're stretched thin. China is building up their military. Russia is building up their military. We're like, oh, well, if you give a dollar to military funding, then you got to give a dollar to welfare. I mean, that's, that is the thought process we are currently dealing with out of a liberal democratic party. We can't have a strong military. We, we, we can't take that billion dollars that were given Pakistan and build up the military. We can't take that billion dollars that we're sending to Pakistan who hates us to pay down the debt. I mean, this is insane. So this ASIF, accused American President Donald Trump of turning Pakistan into a whipping boy. No, you've pretty much done that yourself. I mean, now here, look, here, here, here is the long and short of this deal. Pakistan is a nuclear power. That's the problem. They've got nukes. They're crazy enough to use them, probably. They might be worse than North Korea. But as we've watched... The last eight years of the Obama administration in the, 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 the lax, the laxivity of any foreign policy, here's what we get. These people aren't our friends. They're not our friends. And this, once again, falls directly in line with Make America Great Again and America First policies. Shouldn't we protect ourselves first? Why are we in the middle of all of this strife of what's going on in the Middle East? And you're absolutely right, Joseph. The Middle East countries are not our allies. They're not. We need to quit helping these countries that hate us. I mean, like I said, literally, I'm watching the news yesterday, and they're burning an American flag in the street. Could you imagine the uproar and the outrage if we were burning a Pakistani flag in the street of America? I mean, it would be on the 24-7 news cycle, and you wouldn't hear the end of it for a week. Oh, my God. Oh, we're racist. Oh, we hate Muslims. Oh, we're a bunch of whatever. 
I mean, that would be the story. But yet over there, they hate us. They're burning our flag. They, they're they not our ally. And now look, when you're over the target, that's when you take the most heat. It's when you get the most fire. And here we are. We're smack dab over the target. And Pakistan can't function without us. It's the same thing that goes with the United Nations. The United Nations is a joke. It's an absolute joke. And here's Trump. You don't want to play ball. You don't want to partner with us. Then we're going to take our ball and we're going to go home. You can still hate America without our money. I I mean, it, it is astounding to me that we would continue to fund any country that continues to kill our troops. And I know I said this, and and I don't remember which segment it was of this show, where I said, you know, I have a hard time believing about this whole Benghazi thing, that we can't have troops on the ground anywhere in this world within three hours. Well, maybe we don't send our troops anymore. Maybe we let all you little goat herders kill each other and, and, and be done with it. Maybe that's what we do. I mean, look what we did for Iran. And I'm going to tell you, to get into this whole thing, look what's going on with Iran right now. Look at what's going on in Iran right now. Arab Spring 2.0. And you know, when the left, the, the, the left is in convulsions because Barack Obama completely, completely dropped the ball in the Arab Spring. But he didn't want the Arab Spring. He wants the mullahs to stay in power. He didn't want, I mean, look, the liberal left will tell you that they want you to be free, that they want you to to have freedom, liberty, and whatnot in the government, but what they want is socialism. They don't want the people in Iran to be free. They want what the mullahs have over the people. They want to control you. They want what Cuba, Iran, Venezuela has. They want that because then they would be in power. They would get all the money. They would get all the bennies, and you would get screwed. But look, I'm going to finish up this Pakistan thing on the other side. I want to, I want to finish this up because it's a big deal. But we have to stop sending money to countries that don't have our best interests at heart because it's wasted money. It, it's no different than you and I squandering money in our budget on stuff that we just don't need or someone that wants to kill us it's it's amazing but look stick around one more segment phone lines are still open we're running out of time if you want to talk to me matlock the conservative cartel this saturday morning rolls on The Conservative Cartel will return on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to The Conservative Cartel with Matt Locke and Rocky Stucci. Only on the oh, Blaze I, Radio Network. Boy, I over-talked her. Look at that. I went the whole show and then I hit it right at the end in the last segment. I talked right over that poor lady. Sorry, Blaze lady. You got to check out Doc Thompson, by the way. I was just chuckling. It's so funny listening to those promos of Doc Thompson and things you wouldn't do naked. 
But uh, if you're not listening to him, he's on on 6 a.m. on theblaze.com, 6 to 9 a.m. every day, Monday through Friday. So check him out. But uh, talking about Pakistan here, Matlock, the conservative cartel, welcome back. This is the final segment this Saturday morning. I am live from the Nine Line Apparel Studios here on the Blaze Radio Net- Network. I'm so, look, it, it's fantastic. I'm honored that you found me on your internet device, your radio dial. want to give a quick shout out to WDDQ Talk 92.1 out of Valdosta, Georgia, WJHC. Talk 107.5 out of Jasper, Florida, and of course, WLBB. Talk 1330 out of Carrollton, Georgia. Those are our terrestrial partners through the Talk America Radio Network or TalkAmericaRadio.us, where you can find us there Monday through Friday, the Monday through Friday show, 12 a.m. to 2 a.m., and then we're live, I think. I think we're live on Talk America Radio from 4 to 6. Yeah, we are, I think. Ron says, shaking his head at me. Producer Ron there in the in the studio. But uh, find us there. I heart iTunes, Spreaker, we're everywhere. But big favor, you guys are doing a great job, by the way. You're doing a fantastic job because at the break, I went and looked at the Conservative Cartel Facebook page, which I'm live on right now. Go share and like that. You guys are coming through. Challenge this year. At least 200 likes and follows every Saturday. That's the challenge. Go tell your friends. Go tell your family about Matlock, the Conservative Cartel. All kinds of big things coming. By the way, the cartel is going to be live on location January 22nd through the 26th at SHOT Show in Las Vegas, Nevada. I am pumped, by the way, pumped. Going to be hanging out with Nine Line Apparel, our, our, our great sponsor, Black Rifle Coffee. Look, by the way, show our sponsors some love. They're fantastic veteran-owned companies. NineLineApparel.com, use Cartel 15 to get you a 15% discount, or BlackRifleCoffee.com, use Cartel 10 to get you a 10% discount. Show those guys some love. Great, great, great sponsors. We love them. Veteran-owned, love them, love them, love them. But we're going to be on, I'm going to be on location. Las Vegas, Nevada, January 22nd through the 26th. That is the SHOT Show. It's like a little piece of heaven. My wife and Ron's wife are going to go with us out to Vegas. We're going to enjoy a little bit of time out there, but we're going to spend, oh, the week out there looking at guns. I mean, what more fun is that than looking at guns all week long? Ron's in there with a big old grin on his face. Where, oh, you might what? hit the table too, right? Oh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. But love, 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 love some guns. But we're going to have some special guests too, by the way. We're going to have some special guests that week. We're lining up people. I'm not going to give it away now. I gave it a little hint in the first hour who we might be having on the program. There might be uh, somebody that delivers the mail, might be involved in this deal. That's all I can give you there. Might have a uh, maybe a uh, celebrity or two on the show. Just don't know, but everything's going to be live. We're going to try to do it on Facebook, social media, and get that done. So you're going to turn it. You're going to want to. What I'm telling you is you want to tune into the Conservative Cartel Monday through Friday. Uh, we're not just on the Blaze Radio Network, which is a fantastic home here on Saturday mornings. Glad you're here. But I want to finish up with this Pakistan deal because I'm talking about how Donald Trump has said, "Look, we're done." If you're not going to help us, if you're not going to help us fight jihadis, if you're not going to help uh, keep our troops safe as we're protecting you over there, we're done. We're not going to send you more money. We're going to cut off your allowance. That's what he's saying. So this foreign minister of Pakistan, this Kawaja, Kawaja Muhammad Asif, has come out. You know, His comments came a day after Heather uh, Nayert, who is a spokesman for the U.S. Department of State, 
told reporters, quote, we are suspending security assistance only to Pakistan at this time until the Pakistani government takes decisive action against groups, including the Afghan Taliban and the Haqqani network. We consider them to be destabilizing the region and also targeting U.S. personnel. That same day, here's the deal. Quote, the suspension is not a permanent cutoff, pointed out one of the unnamed state officials. Our hope, and I won't say our expectation, but our hope is that Pakistan, or Pakistan, Pakistan, as as the former president said it, will understand our seriousness, that they will appreciate the value of this relationship, which they clearly have indicated that they do, and I believe that they genuinely do, and that they will look at what additional they can do to try to address our request. Now, besides calling on Pakistan to combat the Afghan Taliban and its al-Qaeda-linked Haqqani network allies, which the Pentagon has deemed the top threat against U.S. troops in Afghanistan, the anonymous DOS official also urged Islamabad to take action against anti-Indian terrorist groups such as Lashkar-e-Tayyiba and Jas-e-Mohammed Jem. Now, the Trump administration has praised India's contributions to combating jihadist groups in Afghanistan, and Pakistan considers India its regional enemy. So you see the makeup here. We, we've got a bunch of goat herders fighting each other. Well, you know, that's what it is. I, I know that's probably not PC, and I don't care. I, I really don't. I mean, I'm tired of these people and their garbage religion trying to kill us. I, I mean, I, I hope you are too. I hope they're tired because I'm tired. I, I mean, I love our military. We honor our vets, our police officers, our firefighters, our first responders every every time we can. We do honoring our heroes Wednesday and Saturdays. We love them. I don't want to see any more of them dead because Pakistan because Pakistan are a bunch of knuckleheads. I don't want to see any more of our our American blood spilt because they're too dumb. To help us. So, look, here's the way it breaks down. A lot of likes by that. I like that, by the way. Got a little like a like avalanche going on here. I like that a lot. That's what Chris X says, a like avalanche. But $255 million in foreign military financing used to purchase American military hardware, the U.S. is also expected to withhold at least $900 million in coalition support funds, CSF, which reimbursed Pakistan for counterterrorism activities. So CFS funds, which fall under Defense Department authority, are covered by the freeze, said Pentagon spokesman Commander Patrick Evans, saying Congress authorized up to $900 million in such money for, the Pakistan, for Pakistan for fiscal year 2017, which ended September 30th. None of that money has been distributed at this point. The freeze also covers the $255 million in FMF for fiscal year 2016 which falls under State Department authority and whose suspension has already been announced, as well as unspecified amounts of FMF that went unspent in early fiscal years. In announcing the suspension of security aid to Pakistan, the unnamed state official told reporters Thursday, the United States will not deliver military equipment or transfer security-related funds to Pakistan unless required by law. Exemptions exceptions may be made on a case-by-case basis if they are determined to be critical to national security interest. So there you have it. And, and I have to say, about time. It's about time. 
I, I don't know about you, and I've said it again. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I'm tired. I'm tired of watching these countries walk all over us. We give them money, and then they screw us. It's exactly what happens. We, we, we spill our blood, and they don't care. They burn our flag in their street. They're radicals. They're animals. They're not nice people. And the problem is they're all fighting each other over there for religion. We've talked about this before on the program many, many times. The whole Islam, the whole religion, the whole moderate crap. It's crap. They're all zealots. They're all radicals. That's all they know. They're going to fight each other until they all kill each other. Why should we be in the middle of it? And why in the hell should we give them any money? I mean, it's like, <laughs> it's like Christmas, you know, the uh, Christmas vacation movie. You know, your your brother-in-law comes over and crapper's full and he's in his you know, motorhome out in your yard living off of your hard work. I mean, doesn't do anything, doesn't earn anything. Why should we keep giving him money? You know, why, why should you keep taking care of him? You know, let them take care of themselves. And if they can't take care of themselves, that's too bad. At some point, we just let it go, right? At some point, we just pull out of there. Let them do what they do. And that's the whole thing, too. If you've looked at the whole revolving thing of what I've brought to you today, the only reason we're over there is because of oil. For energy independent. And we drill our oil off of our own coast. We don't need this garbage anymore. We can pull out of it and be done. And that's three hours. It's unbelievable. Check out theconservativecartel.com. Get over there and check that out. The Conservative Cartel Facebook page. We're on Monday through Fridays, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You got to check that out. But I'm telling you, three hours is not enough. I, I, I appreciate the fact you hung around. The Conservative Cartel, out. You're in the marketplace of liberty. The Conservative Cartel with Matt Locke and Rocky Stucci on the Blaze Radio Network. The Blaze Radio Network. On demand.